Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Big day. All right. We got a coach. We got coordinators. We got a press conference at 2.30. The Team 980 is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solo Stove. Dot com. Uh, Randy Mueller, longtime NFL GM. We've had Randy on the show many times before. He's going to join us at 1235. It's your turn now to weigh in. Uh, thoughts on the Cliff Kingsbury hiring. Thoughts on just where we are, you know, here on February 5th. The season ended on January 7th. Ron was fired the next day. We needed a GM. We needed a coach. We needed two coordinators. And it looks like everybody is on board, and now we can focus on the rest of the staff and free agency because that's what comes next. And Washington's got a lot of money to spend. Uh, all right, our Ace Law listener lines at 301-230-0980 are open. Interrec Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Let's start with Greg in Gaithersburg. Greg, go ahead. Hey, Kevin. Uh I'm I'm really excited about the hires. Um, I like the idea of the coach. We have to we have to put our trust in our GM, which to me is like one of the top three in the league. And we're paying him to do a job. Let's let him do the job. Um, if you go back and think about when Gibbs was hired, that what when he loses the first five or six games, the people were ready to to fire him. These guys, you got to give them a chance. People have to realize that this rebuild isn't going to happen, number one, in one season. And you're going to be – it's like a chess match. You're going to be moving and replacing players. But I, I think it's great. I'm really psyched about it, and, and I just want everybody to give these guys a chance to do their job because if you look at their resumes, there are a lot more positives than there are negatives. Yeah, I mean – there are two things, first of all. Thanks for the call, as always, Greg. Number one is I do have this sense over the last couple of weeks, um, starting with the Adam, well, starting with the Ron Rivera firing, the end of the season, some anticipation for big change. Um, and then I think the Adam Peters rapid hire, um, not only, you know, getting the number one guy uh, from a GM standpoint in this hiring cycle, but getting him so quickly and him wanting to be a part of it really set the expectation levels for everything that would follow it um, as perhaps inflated. 
uh, you know, just because they got the number one GM didn't mean they were going to get the best coach on the market or even their top choice on the market. Didn't mean that, you know, people, everybody was going to be flocking to Washington. This is still, as I discussed last week, it's still, you know, an organization with a lot of stench to it. You know, it's an organization with a stadium that is just a piece of you know what. It's got less than, you know, you know, subpar facilities in Ashburn. You know, a fan base that really deteriorated, obviously, over the last 10 years in particular. It's a rebuild. Um you know, a year ago, the NFL changes. A year ago, we thought the roster was decent. I did anyway. A year later, it doesn't look so decent. Looks like it's, you know, got gaping holes. Um, you're coming into a, a whole new era uh, of football. There there were things that were positive about it, for sure. The cap space, the draft picks, number two overall. You know, Dan being gone. All of those things mattered. But the last... Um, the last several days, going back to the hiring of Quinn, man, um, curious, uh, bizarre in many ways to me. Uh, I, I would not have predicted the um, the negative reaction uh, that I felt in my world here. It's a small part of it, but this community of longtime fans of the team and we've you know had these conversations and these debates and discussions for so many years together. I thought last week was weird. Now, my only explanation is kind of PTSD, you know, this damaged fan base syndrome. We, you know, this expectation that the worst will happen and we can't shake that. And a lot of you can't. But I just thought it was absolutely strange that we went from basically on our knees praying for Adam Peters, getting him and essentially giving him carte blanche. You do whatever you want. We're behind you. No matter what the decisions you make, to literally 15, 16 days later, describing Adam Peters as botching everything. <laughs> that to me was certainly extraordinary last week. I did not expect that. Um, but I, I do I do understand those that would say that the Dan Quinn hiring was uninspiring. I, I, I hear you on that, but the fact that you described it as an absolute botch two weeks after just saying do whatever you want is remarkable to me. Um, but then again, you know, I'm sure there are reasons, some of which I've mentioned. Uh, let's go to Chris in Silver Spring. Chris, have at it. Go. Hey, Kev, how you doing? Thanks for taking my Good, call. Chris. Listen, so I'm, I was really cool with the hiring of Dan Quinn, right? And one of the things I was most excited about was the fact that he was going to, you know, the fact that he was a defensive coordinator and was pretty good at it. So my, and he, and they ended up hiring Joe Witt, right? So my question to you is, do you think that the hiring of Joe Witt is kind of like a de facto uh, defensive coordinator? Like he's going to be the defensive coordinator and title only, and that Dan Quinn is still going to be the brain trust that, the guy who's going to call actually call the defense. Uh, I hope so. Do you think I want Dan Quinn to call the defense? I want him yeah, exactly. to be instrumental in everything that happens defensively. I don't want another delegating head coach. This is what he does well. He did it half the time in Atlanta when he was the head coach. The other time he didn't. 
Um, Joe Witt Jr. has worked closely with him for four straight NFL seasons. His last year in Atlanta, the three in Dallas. Right. So he's got something, somebody there that he's totally comfortable with that I'm sure is involved in game planning um, and perhaps even some le- at some level of play calling. But I, I want our head coach to do what he does best, lead and yeah. call defense. Yeah, I do too. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thank you for calling. Um, let's go to Caleb. Caleb's calling from Georgia. Caleb, go ahead. Yeah, I, I like how you doing, Kevin. I, I do Good like the, um, the Cliff Kingsbury hire. I think it helps the fans, um, you know, get get excited this year. But again, uh, I remind people you got to be patient with this process. To me, it's a two to three year. Uh, rebuild. You just got to be patient and trust the process. Now, our fans cannot quit on Adam Peters like they did. I think we hired Dan Quinn. People got upset. You got to be patient, man. And just let things play out. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, none of the way I've described things over the last week means that I'm convinced it's going to work. Um, and nothing that I've said about Dan Quinn should should you take as I am over the moon over the hire? It's just that I can't, after being thrilled with A, the owner being gone, B, the new owner hiring Adam Peters, um, I can't get to two weeks later saying, oh my God, they hired the wrong general manager because he totally botched the coach hire. Dan Quinn's a professional head coach. There's nothing wrong with Dan Quinn as a coach and a leader. And they told us from minute one, leadership was what they were looking for. And of all the people that, again, and this got echo chambered as as, as Ben described it, you know, especially as it relates to Ben Johnson. Um, and there were a lot of narratives out there that didn't necessarily match what was going on inside the building in Ashburn. But Quinn, like none of the other people that they interviewed other than Raheem Morris comes even close to, at least based on what we know, Dan Quinn's innate leadership ability. Everybody swears by that. Um, let's go to Pauly. I want to hear from Pauly. What's up? Hail to the W. Hail to the W, big guy. How you doing, man? I'm well. Hey, listen, I'm um hey, like you said, man, I, I thought Dan Quinn was a was a good football hire. And that's something we ain't been doing around here. Is making football hires. You know, we've been making marketing hires. But um I'm gonna say this though. So those guys are open to criticism and judgment. I mean, when everything is leaning so hard, and, and I think the media had a lot to do with it, too, because it seemed like all the eggs was in one, and then all of a sudden, all the eggs got broken. You know, so everybody was just upset over it. I just think that's mainly what it was, is that we were just hearing one name as a slam dunk, and then all of a sudden, it was snatched right. away. Yes. So I just think that's where the emotional tie came with everybody. But I'm going to say this, man. I'm kind of skeptical of the, the Kingsbury thing, just off the strength of, uh, you know, you were so high on Ben Johnson, and it was because of his offense. And Ben Johnson and, and Kingsbury offenses are not, you know, similar in no way. Yes. I see if it, it was yes. A, I, yeah, and I could see if it was the Shanahan guy, you know, from that tree, or you know, that's kind of similar. But you're talking about two different styles. 
basically you're talking about the same type of offense we've had over the past four years under Scott Turner and Eric Bieniemy. You know, and to me, you know, that's that's not my thing. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. That's not my thing. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a I, I like the Shanahan style. I like the Ben Johnson style. You, you, you run the ball. You commit to the run. It's set up for the pass. And that doesn't mean it's three yards in a cloud of dust. It, it, by no means is that. You know, we've seen that. People say Joe Gibbs offers. I say Joe Gibbs offers all the time, and people think I'm just want to pound the ball into the ground. No, I'm not saying that. Remember, we had the posse. We had one of the most prolific offenses of all time. You know what I mean? I just not, I'm just not with the whole shotgun, shotgun, shotgun thing. So it's just, it's just something that's going to have to be proven to me. To me, it's not NFC East-style football. It's not the four cities of New York, uh, uh, Philly, and Dallas I, type of football for me. You're losing me the, here at the end because I'm totally with you for your seven-eighths of, of, of the call. The NFC East slobber knocker, this, that – that's that's what you people of our age we love to think about it in those terms, but it's just not necessarily reality. I mean, even during the Andy Reid years, he was seventy thirty past to run when he was in Philadelphia. So yeah. that's more. Uh, the division that, was uh, different then, you know. What I mean, but I'm, what, the whole point, what I'm saying is, with that offense, I'm yeah. a believer in controlling the line of scrimmage, I and I don't think that it's part. It's rather important in the game of football. Up, yeah. I don't think that offense sets you up for controlling the line of scrimmage. You know, it, it more to me, it more it sets you up for winning the race. You know, and so we don't get, definitely if we don't have the horses up front, which we at this point we don't have, then we're behind the eight ball already. So, you know, come free agency, start a free agency and the draft. If they don't make an assertive effort to upgrade that offensive line. You know, the air raid is going to be the ground raid anyway. So let me roll. Let me roll. I want to mention one thing. Thanks for the call, as always, Paulie. Um, The year that they went 11 and 6 and lost to the Rams in the postseason 2021, the Kingsbury season in Arizona, just so everybody understands, they were a 54 46 run to pass over the course of the year. Now, if if you're thinking, well, that's because Kyler Murray ran a lot, not necessarily true. Kyler Murray rushed for 423 yards that season. James Conner and Chase Edmonds from the running back position combined for 17 rushing touchdowns and 1,344 yards rushing. So now, was a lot of it from the shotgun? It was. Um, But they did commit to the run in the year that they went 11-6. and Uh, Kevin's on hold. Kevin, go ahead. Hey, Kevin, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I, I just want to point out a, a nuance as to why I thought last week was a potential botch when uh, we lost out on Johnson, if I might. Okay. Uh, and I don't feel that way anymore. A couple things. First of all, until I heard Mickey Spagnola explain to me why it was that Dan Quinn's defense was so horrid against the Packers, I didn't understand it. I don't know their personnel well enough to understand. They were they hurt. Were, they were really hurt, and it was very helpful to first hear that because my last impression was, my God, if he's this leader of men, why didn't his defense show up? But it was more than that. It was more personnel, apparently, and just a bad matchup for them. So that got me out of panic mode on Quinn. Now, the other thing, I wasn't ever mad at Peters. I was mad at Harris. I was mad at the committee approach that seemed to be taking too much time and good people were slipping away. If you would have told me, Kev, relax, you're going to get Cliff Kingsbury to be OC, I'd say, oh, okay. I didn't know that. 
So you, and, so you're well, in on on Kingsbury. Absolutely. I was. We needed somebody who was innovative, who's young, who's good with quarterbacks. I mean, Kingsbury. You've already laid it out beautifully. He's had a remarkable uh, impact on talented young quarterbacks, and he's going to need to be that guy again. All right. So uh, I just feel like there were reasons why people were down and thinking it was a botch. And it wasn't just they were, I, I was never mad at Peters, and I don't think everybody was. I was worried that Harrison's committee approach was maybe too smart, and we were losing the ability to get the best coaches because they were rapidly being scooped up. One last thing, Kev. Any word on the special teams coach? Because that's a big deal. Um, I haven't thought about that, but I did think about that last week, and I think that Nate Katzer could have a chance to stay. I mean, I okay. let me just say when I when I say that it's not my own thinking. Going going back mm-hmm. a, a, over a week ago, I, I we were talking. I was talking to somebody, and they said Nate did a great job, and that'll probably get recognized by the new head coach. So yeah, I think we'll Nate has done. A, I mean, we haven't gotten a return man, but I blame that more on personnel. Oh, can I just say one last thing, real quick? Yeah. The other thing that happened last week was we heard about. Mayhew being extended and possibly Herney, and not just through the draft, but maybe longer term. And I was thinking, again, getting back to Harris, did he see how poorly the Marty Party drafted in recent years? And again, I don't know how much was Ron versus them, but one thing that has to happen is Adam Peters has got to get his scouts after this draft. We need better scouts in Washington, period. And I and I think some of those additions will be coming, I would hope. Um, you can't always completely overhaul a front well, office or a coaching staff in, in the initial season because a lot of the people that you want are tied up contractually. A lot of people that you want are in good situations and are, are ready to elevate where they are. You know, yeah. you see this every year. A new coach ends up keeping some of the coaches that were there under the old coach. A new GM yeah. comes in, they end up keeping some of the people that were there under the old GM. In this case, the same man, Ron Rivera. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. Right. Those on hold, um, stay there. 301-230-0980. We've got an open line if you want to weigh in. Uh, your reaction to Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, anything else from a wild last week? Uh, we had the GM. Now we got the head coach and the two coordinators. Open lines on that. And then Randy Mueller will join us at 1235. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We are also free and live if you download the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Haven't talked Super Bowl today, but we will with Randy Mueller uh, coming up at 1235. But our big game coverage on the Team 980 is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. Uh, the big game in Vegas. Whoa. I mean, it is going to be insane out there this week. Uh, to my good friend Joe Preston, as we both know, Vegas, it's not for everybody. Uh, it will be on fire this week. But let me just tell you, real Vegas people don't want to be anywhere near Vegas this week. Um, anyway. I digress. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Our Ace Law listener lines are open, and a rec Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Uh, any reaction you have to Kingsbury, to Joe Witt Jr., to Quinn a few days after the fact upon further review, which my guy Kevin, who I love dearly, was couldn't sleep last week. He was so upset about Dan Quinn, and he let it breathe a little bit, and he's now okay with it. Uh, Lap, Lap, thanks for holding as always, sir. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, Kevin? Hey, congrats to your your son um, and his girlfriend for the band success, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was this there's this blogger in town that's that's a big live music blogger of of DC, and they had a. they had a big thing at the end of 23, and they got voted the best band in D.C. Over, uh, over yeah, people like Barty Strange, bro. if you know him, and some some good bands in D.C. But but go ahead. Thanks for doing. Thanks yeah, for uh, yeah. congratulating oh, them. Yeah. It, it it was them. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Um, I was a little disappointed earlier with the Dan Quinn hire. I mean, I really wanted Eric Bieniemy to get a shot. I know he didn't do too good, you know, this season. You know, sometimes you bet on yourself, and sometimes you know things happen where it doesn't work out the way you, you know, you took a chance on yourself. So um, I'm sure he'll get a job. It's, it's funny that Ron Rivera is still considered for work, man. So I guess we're going to see how that goes. That's kind of hilarious. Um, as far as these two guys, I don't really uh, know too much about them. I've been hearing different things. I really just want to see what direction they're going to go in the draft and free agency. Um, also, I want us to get some wins in the division, man, because um, I'm I'm just disappointed the last few years just how we've been playing in the division. That was my biggest pet peeve with Ron, um, just the division. Because if you don't get, you know, worst case scenario, two wins, you know what I'm saying, or more in the division, you know, you make it tough for the try to beat other teams outside of your, your division. You know, yeah. if you can at least get 500 in your division, you know, it, it makes it tough to get more wins, especially if you're trying to have a 10-win or 9-win season. It's going to be tough. Um, yeah. And then I want them to use the, the talent that we have. If we're not going to keep certain players or guys don't want to be here, we need to make those adjustments. And I really want to see some of the guys, have, especially with his offensive coordinator, I want to see how he uses the tight ends. You know, do we need to get some more tight ends? Are we yeah, going to get a quarterback? Um, you know, the air year, raid's never you know, been Howard big. Curry, 
Yeah, the air raid, yep. thanks for the calls, always lap. Uh, the air raid's yep. never been yep. big on tight ends necessarily. We'll see. Um, again, pulled up that 2021 season, looked at it in a little bit more detail. They were 54-46 pass to run. Um, you had you know two backs uh, in Connor and in Edmonds combining for 1,344 yards and 17 rushing touchdowns in that season. You know, that was a season, by the way, his 2021 season that got him the six-year extension uh, in Arizona. They started off, if you recall, they were 7-0. and um, They were beating the snot out of people. I mean, they were, they were scoring points. I think they were averaging like 28, 29 a game. They had, I think, six games of their first seven of 30 or more. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it went downhill from there. Now, Kyler Murray got banged up a little bit. Colt McCoy came in and played. The, the irony is, is that Colt McCoy came in and played pretty well. He started three games in that 2021 season, uh, for, um, for Kingsbury, uh, in Arizona. And I remember, um, I think it was Jay Gruden who said, Colt's playing some good football. I mean, Kingsbury's got him doing some really good things. He had a game, and I want to pull it up, but it was against the 49ers. He beat the 49ers, and it was one of the best games of his career. Here it is, 2021, Colt McCoy in for an injured Kyler Murray. All right? At that point, they were 7-1. and one. They had lost the week before in the game that Murray got hurt in. Colt McCoy started at San Francisco. They won 31 to 17. He was 22 of 26, 249, a touchdown, no pick, sacked twice. 119.4 passer rating. Um, I don't see the QBR here, but they won the game 31 17 on the road. Um, they were a balanced, pretty good offensive football team. That season just it went to hell in a hand bucket down the stretch. Uh and look, that that playoff game against the Rams was as hideous a looking offensive game as I can ever remember. It's kind of funny, right? That now he didn't get fired; uh, he got the extension um, and came back for twenty two um, and coached that season, and they went four and thirteen. And by the way, let me just mention: you know, the Kingsbury era in Arizona. You know, it was five, ten, and one first year, then eight and eight, eleven and six. So those, you know, those first three years were basically five hundred years, and then it was a terrible last season in twenty twenty two with injuries to the quarterback. Um, I mean, they had Trace McSorley and David Blau, I think, starting games for them that season, and they went four and thirteen. Uh, let's go to Lou. Lou, go ahead. Kevin, what's going on, man? How you hey, doing? Lou, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. I'm I'm pumped up, man. I'm just thrilled. I can't wait for the season to to, to start. And um, uh, to to be honest, I think look, man, I think we got a lot of talent in this squad. I think Ron and his crew just handcuffed some of our talent. As far as you know, some of the guys that we have, I, I like that that tight end that we got, Cole Turner. I think he could be. Uh, you know, some of the, the uh, weapons they could use this coming season instead of looking for a tight end in the first couple, you know, the first, I mean, maybe like the first two round, maybe I wouldn't waste on that because I just think that they they got guys in the building and I think they could use that guy, especially Cole Turner, man. He, they just, Ron just did not use him at all whatsoever. And yeah, just pretty much, you know, I, I'm just 
pretty much excited. I just can't wait for the season to start, and I'm just happy. You know, Dan, you know, these guys, man, look, man, people need – I can't believe you haven't mentioned you-know-who. Who, Who, EB? Yeah. I mean, every single call for the last six months from you has been focused on Eric Biennemi. I appreciate that you have, have come around and you're optimistic. I was just surprised you didn't bring him up. Oh, come on, Kevin. So sometimes, you know, uh, some things, you know, they probably did not like what they seen or what they heard. So, you know, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm just going to move forward. And whatever right, we have in you. the building, I'm just going to be, be, yeah, get behind them and, you know, give them all my support. And I'm happy with Dan. You know, we, if you steal somebody from the Cowboys, it's always a plus. So that guy going to unlock this defense. I, I can't wait what 52 is going to do. And just yeah. pretty much, I just can't wait till the seasons come, man. That's that's all I want. Me to too. Say, man. I appreciate you me taking too. my call. It's, it's, you yeah. know, we're not going to know anything in, until they start to play games. Um, by the way, on the tight end, I bet you Armani Rogers is a player that they're really interested in. That uh, that Cliff Kingsbury will be interested in because he is kind of a. He's a he's a bit of a hybrid wide receiver tight end, and he's a guy that with the ball in his hands, they were really excited to see this year. I can tell you that going back to before he got hurt, they were excited for number eighty eight Armani Rogers and what he could be um, this past season. Um, thanks for the call. All right, uh, those of you that I didn't get to, I apologize. We'll take calls tomorrow. Up next. Randy Mueller, longtime NFL GM. He'll join us. We'll get his thoughts on all of these hires. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and theteam980.com. NBA News, Joel Embiid is going to have a procedure on his knee that will leave him out indefinitely. That means he will be out of the MVP race. And now Nikola Jokic, the presumed favorite. Behind him is Shea Gilgis-Alexander for the NBA MVP. Bradley Biomay has returned to D.C. yesterday with the Phoenix Suns. He had a season-high 43 points on his former team. Suns beat the Wizards 140-112. to The big news here in D.C., Commanders hired Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator and Joe Witt Jr. as the defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn will speak for the first time as Commanders head coach today at 2.30. You can hear that press conference in its entirety right here on the Team 980. And that's was trending. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Randy Mueller was a long-time, many-time general manager uh, in the NFL. He's been our guest several times on the show, and we welcome him back, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today or visit 
betql.com. You can follow uh, Randy on Twitter, on X, at Randy Mueller underscore. So, uh, thanks. I always love having you on. Um, and we were thinking about you at the end of last week and wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, let's just start with because we haven't talked to you since they hired Adam Peters, what was your reaction to them getting what was perceived to be the number one this hiring cycle general manager candidate? Well, it's good to be with you, Kevin. And I would concur with that. I think, and I've known Adam a long time, I I was excited about the hire. I was also excited that the process didn't get bogged down and that they were able to pull the trigger fairly quick. I think, as we all know, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen sometimes, and I think that can slow the process. But I thought, for my money, Adam was the most qualified and the best guy to hire, uh, and, and they jumped on it, and I give them kudos for doing that. Once they hired him, Randy, a guy that's never been a general manager b- before but comes from you know the 49ers organization, you know him, you think that he's got great potential – Before we get to your reaction on Quinn, should they have approached the head coaching hire looking for somebody with experience, or would it it have mattered to you? Um, I think once they hired Adam, I think all everything had to be considered. You know his skill set. You know his background. You kind of know that you've got to match with the right partner. And so I wasn't necessarily – dissuaded by the people they talked to. I do know that they've had their hand in a lot of different cookie jars and done, and had did a lot of research. So much like the Adam hire, I think the research was done on Adam weeks ago, and, and they kind of knew the direction they wanted to go. Um, I'm sure they had some ideas coaching-wise. Uh, it sounded like they had no issue with pairing him with a first-time head coach as well. I'm not sure at the end of the day that would have worked, um, but I just think Washington's a little different. As you guys know, it's a different demographic. It's a different, you know, media market. It's big, and it can be convoluted, and it can be distorted. And and I think uh, with regard to Dan Quinn, they may have hired him last in the cycle compared to the rest of the teams, but I'm not sure that it doesn't come out to be the best fit. All right, so tell us what you think of the hiring of Dan Quinn. I mean, you've just alluded to it, and you seem positive about it, but specifically why? Well, I know Dan again. Dan was our defensive line coach in right. Miami when Coach Saban and I were together there. Um, I think they get a few things with Dan. I think, one, they get unbridled energy. They get great passion, and I think that has been missing from that chair. I think the ability to connect with everybody on the team is one of his strengths. Um, I think the key for Dan will be, obviously, his staff, and we're starting to see that come together. Um I like the fact that he's been there, done that, and he knows good ideas from bad ideas now. I think that's important for that chair, especially in Washington. I think you've got to know that some things you may have tried in the past aren't going to work. And really, I'm not talking about schematically. I'm talking about just people skills, right? I think those jobs, uh, for different reasons, the GM and the head coach are really about people skills and managing the people around you and the opinions and the ideas. That's a job in itself, and I think uh, Dan will do that as well as anybody. 
I remember that you, you know, were critical of when Rivera kind of said how excited he was to kind of coach again. And you were like, well, what have you been doing? I'm paraphrasing you. But in that column in The Athletic, and I had you on shortly thereafter, and we've talked about it a little bit here. My personal view, and I want to know if you think this is right or wrong, I want Dan Quinn, I, I want him to lead, but I also want him to do what got him this gig and what has gotten him his gigs before, and that is to design defensive game plans and call defensive plays. Do you agree with that or not? 100%. I think the further these coaches get away from just what you described, the bigger our issues are, and I think we saw that with Ron. Um, I think Dan Quinn will always be in that defensive staff room. I think he will have great ideas. He, he, this guy worked for Nick Saban and Pete Carroll, okay? He has ideas. He has things that have worked. Um, I think you, you mentioned the design of the game plans that he's had in Dallas the last couple of years. I think have been outstanding. They haven't come without a few warts, but I think knowing what he knows now, he's better for the job because of it. And I, I'll be interested to see how they construct this roster based on what he really envisions defensively as far as the scheme goes. You know, uh, you're bringing up the the Dolphin team that you were the general manager of. I, 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 I don't think I've asked you about this, but what a wild, you know, year that must have been. Um, you know, having Nick Saban as your head coach, uh, you know, you mentioned Quinn. I don't, I can't remember who your defensive coordinator was. Um, who was it? Who was the defensive coordinator? Well, it was Dom Capers for a while. It, we had uh, several during during my time there, but I think that's the year you're alluding to was our second year there, and uh, Richard Smith and then Don, Dom Capers were, were the defensive coordinators. We had an unbelievable staff, um, Kevin. It was filtered through from Kirby Smart to Will Muschamp to Derek Dooley as being college guys, but we also had Mike Malarkey, uh, yeah. Dan on the staff, uh, Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan. We had a bunch of head Wasn't coaches Wasn't Kirby on that Smart a part of those teams or not, or am I remembering incorrectly? No, he definitely was. He was there uh, during Nick's second year and was a defensive back coach for us at the time. Wow. I mean, sometimes when you look back at these old staffs, you can just find incredible gems that were on staffs. Yeah. But, you know, there's the – the discussion over so many years of Nick Saban and it not working out in Miami and Drew Brees and if Drew Brees had passed the physical or whatever, what do you remember about those days and the Brees thing in particular? I'm just curious. Well, it was every time I see Nick and it's been what 10 or 12 years now, maybe even longer, we always come back to the point of if we had found a way to pass Drew Brees, we'd probably all still be in Miami. <laughs> it, it was a little convoluted. It was crazy. Uh, and I've told the story many times. I had a deal done with Drew Brees and Tom Condon, his agent, on a napkin in my pocket when we got the call from our doctor saying we can't do this. And it, it caught us all by surprise. That wasn't part of the plan, that's for sure. And sometimes those things happen. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I'd say this. Everybody bangs on Nick for his – time in the pros, I think Nick would have been just fine and actually been a really good pro coach had he been able to endure a little bit of a rebuild. You don't have to do that necessarily in college, but right. as we know, there's a lot of change in the NFL every every year. And, and I think the amount of decisions that you have to make year to year on your roster sometimes bog people down. And, and that may have 
sent Nick back to Alabama for sure, and uh, obviously he became the greatest college coach ever. I'm forgetting, and I'm getting sidetracked here, and I'm going to get back to Washington <laughs> here in a moment, but yeah. but this stuff is always – I'm forgetting who the quarterback ended up being. It ended up being Dante Culpepper we got from Minnesota, right. and it's ironic right. that our doctors passed him because he had come through a, a terrible knee injury. He, he never was healthy once we signed him and had him. So we passed on Drew Brees and signed Dante Culpepper. It was a crazy set of events for a couple of weeks in Miami for sure. Yeah. All right. We are talking to longtime NFL GM. He's been he's been in the league for a while and and has lots of stories to tell. Um, so we talked about Dan Quinn. Tell me what you think of the Cliff Kingsbury hiring. I think it's great. I think Cliff brings a different dynamic. And, and I'll be honest, it's a scheme that people struggled with the first half of the season. And it was the same at Texas Tech, um, but seemed to figure it out in the second half. In other words, uh, I think Cliff's going to have to have a second pitch, so to speak. But I think Dan's going to help him there. I like the hire. Obviously, the quarterback matters. That'll be a topic of discussion, especially in the next couple months. But I think the key for really the commanders and for Dan is figuring out a way to use this offensive scheme and still play complementary football with the defensive side. That's the key is they've got to find a way to reach a happy medium to not just gain yards and gain first downs, but win games. And sometimes that comes with the offense and defense and, and managing the game from the head coach's standpoint, uh, working together. What's it been like to be in the NFL for such a long period of time and see a lot of the innovation, especially on offense, come from the lower levels and have some resistance to adopting that? Um, you've been in, 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 in the league forever. and, and there, I, would you, First of all, I guess I should ask you, do you agree with me that a lot of the offensive innovation in particular has been – at the college and the high school level over the last 30 years? I think I would agree with that. I think the big the big issue is there's not enough players to go around at the elite levels, and that could be said for high school and college as well. So innovative offenses have made up the difference. The sure. run and shoot, the, the, the spread, all of that stuff has come to fruition because there just aren't enough big offensive linemen and, and defensive linemen to win the old-fashioned way. But I do think the one thing that hasn't changed, even though these offenses have evolved, is quarterbacks still have to process information and make throws from the pocket. That, that seems to be the thing that has endured all of the schemes and all of the time, and that's really because defensive coaches are really good, and eventually they will keep you in the pocket, and you've got to make changes to your, to your decision-making while you're on the clock, and that means post-snap, and that hasn't changed at all. You know, you, you reminded me something because, you know, having Navy here in our backyard, just the service yeah. academies in particular have always made up the difference between in talent with triple option football. You know, it's yep. it's been a way to kind of disguise their lack yep. of size and overall talent um, and kept them competitive over the years. Uh, we're talking. Some people refer yeah. to it as a gimmick, but it's not a gimmick. It's it's what they can do because it allows them to build a team differently and, and give themselves chances. Exactly. Um, we're talking to Randy Mueller. Um, so the quarterback, uh, you know, between Adam Peters and Dan Quinn and Cliff Kingsbury, they're going to be looking at quarterback. They've got number two overall. You don't get into this position very often. I know the last time that we had you on, which was still during the season. 
I, I think you really hadn't spent much time at that point looking at the quarterbacks. Do you have a better sense of Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels in terms of the top three and any sort of hunch on the kind of QB that would fit Kingsbury the best? Obviously, he just worked with Caleb Williams. Well, I do. I've studied a lot of tape uh, since we last talked, and my top three might not be your top three or the prevailing wins top three. But well, you're the GM. I'm, yeah, I'm not in a position to predict what people are going to do. What I hope to do is tell you who's going to be the best three years out, and, and that's kind of what how I look at these guys. Um, I think Caleb Williams is a really talented kid i think he's really good and when i watch his tape i say wow way more than i should and i'm not one of those guys that's easily impressed so i like what i've seen from him i don't have reservations like some had with regard to usc's second half of the season um i think this kid carried a program that was average uh talent wise and and so i give him credit for that with regards to the second and third guys uh, i think that's up for debate um, I've, I've been a little critical of Drake May. I don't see what everybody else says. I, sees, I do like Jalen Daniel, Jaden Daniels a lot. I think he's worthy of being a top 10 pick. Um, I think J.J. McCarthy is going to have some say in this. Once coaches dig into the reasoning why he put up subpar numbers, but I think they'll see his upside as being really special. So he'll probably figure into the mix here in the top 12 picks. But the, the order and, and the sequencing of them is still a little work in progress. Some have brought in Michael Penix up there, but we know about the medical issues with him. So it'll be a fun process to vet out these next couple months. And I think quarterback uh, always gets the attention and they get overdrafted because of the nature of the position. That's probably going to be the case this year as well. But I don't have any doubts about Caleb Williams. So what would what's so you've done this before so many times? What's <laughs> critical for this organization beyond the tape? What will be a, the driving factors beyond the tape? I because I, 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 I love Jaden Daniels too, um, like you do, and Caleb Williams. Wow, yes. What will ultimately be super important for Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, and Cliff Kingsbury to determine? Well, I think that the biggest issue that they have to solve internally is that they can't draft a player because their need is so great. He's got an equal skill set. He's got an equal upside. All of that has to factor in. And if you're just going to base it on, we need a quarterback, you may make a mistake. But if they have the same passion after viewing these guys that they have for others at the position, then by all means, I think they probably have to make a move to a quarterback. But if there's uh, a giant step to a Caleb Williams from wherever you have at, at number two or number three, then I think you do have to exhaust, exhaust all options to try to get that first pick and consider your other options rather than just drafting a quarterback because we need one. It sounds to me like you think Drake May would be an example of perhaps overdrafting. Do you think Jaden Daniels at number two would be? Well, not to my knowledge. I mean, I've seen a lot of tape, and I remember going back even seeing him his freshman year at Arizona State, um, I think he's worthy, like I said, of, of being a top five pick. And if, if you can determine that he is that valuable um, in, in his just talking about his skill set compared to other positions, then it's it's fine to draft a need, in my opinion. But these are just my opinions. I don't know what the commanders right. are going to think no. and do and sort out. But I do like Jaden Daniels, and I think he's worthy of being a top pick for sure. 
Always great to catch up. Uh, I didn't. Well, real quickly, we, I've got 30 seconds. Super Bowl pick. Who do you like and why? I have a problem picking against Pat Mahomes and Andy <laughs> Reid, I'll be honest with you. And I know it's not the sexy answer, but if you're giving me two points and Pat Mahomes, I'm going to take that all day long. So that's kind of where I'm leaning at this point. Randy, thanks so much. Always appreciate the time. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Kevin. Yep. Randy Mueller, everybody. Thanks to Randy. Thanks to Sam Fortier. Thanks to Ryan Abraham. Thanks to Ben Standig. Did I miss anybody? Hit them all. I hit them all. Uh, More Super Bowl talk as we move through the rest of the week, if applicable, based on our circumstances. But I did want to mention that Super Bowl trivia starts tomorrow. That's a tradition unlike any other. Chris Russell is up next. Thanks again for coming Friday night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.